Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. And this is Season 18, Episode 11, titled Airing the Dirty Laundry, but I would like to officially rename it Re-Airing the Dirty Laundry. Well, I guess it makes sense, airing the dirty laundry. It's already stuff that you've worn, so it, it was a lot of stuff that we've already experienced and interacted with, and it's just coming back again for more. 11 episodes into a season, we do not deserve a clip show. For how far behind we are in the reality timeline, we don't need episodes like this at all, actually. It was tough to watch. This was a Survivor episode. <laughs> This for sure. for sure was a survivor moment. Well, this is really how you knew that you have been in this for the long haul. You have seen all of these clips so many times that as soon as it went to that sepia tone flashback, it was like, it's a traumatic event for us all at this point. We already know. We already know it's a problem. Nothing but problems. But the TLC description for this one is, Christine is ecstatic when McKelty tells her she's having twins. Then Mary reveals that while out for their anniversary, Cody finally admitted he no longer wants a relationship with her, and she is forced to consider ending her marriage for good. I mean, really, what did they have to work with here? We had a baby announcement for twins that have been out in this world for a long time now. What, like a year? It's been over a year. Has it? I don't think they had a first birthday yet. Did they? We're probably getting close. Uh, sorry, McKelty. It wasn't as big of a milestone for us. <laughs> and then Mary, your marriage has been over for at least the last eight years. So let's hear the Carly episode rewrite description for this one before I start throwing out my suggestion ones for okay, this. Okay, you had your own ideas? I had one for Mary. Hmm? Let's, let's hear Carly's though. 
Mary finally takes a hint from Cody. Truly kind of rides a bike. We flash back through 18 seasons of Sister Wives. And I, I think my note would be Mary's the last to find out that she's divorced from Cody. Well, that's only fair because Cody was the last to find out he was divorced from Christine. Supposedly. Allegedly. It's just how it works in this family. I would like to kick off the announcements to say I'm sick of being right again. About what? <laughs> McKelty confirmed on their Patreon that Cody definitely buys paintings, thinking of them as monetary investments. It's a way for his money to not be lost to inflation by putting it into an asset. Again, we didn't say it was a good idea. It's not a good strategy, and this is not financial advice by any means. Definitely not from us. It did seem like a harebrained scheme that Cody and Robin would get themselves into. That Cody read on several forums in the Manosphere based on his Google search results. So we've cleared that up, I guess. Can we trust McKelty? She's not a reliable narrator. I'll take it for this one just because it confirms my bias. So there's there's that. If you want to know why this episode sucked so badly, head over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash surviving pod, where this month's Mary's Graham documents what Mary, Janelle, and Christine were up to over the summer months. Well, the summer of 2022. Right. Yeah, we had to go back a while. The answer was not filming this show, which is why we had such little new footage. Slim pickings. Also coming to the Patreon this week, we are recapping the most recent episode of Welcome to Plathville. But we'll just kind of be taking the entire season into consideration, I think, for discussion and getting caught up with where we are because we've been watching the whole season. And spoiler alert. Ethan and Olivia have finally publicly called it quits. They announced it on Instagram last week, so we will have a lot to say. I'm surprised it wasn't a People Magazine exclusive. That's normally how they do it on Sister Wives. Shall we get into the episode? Oh, yeah, I guess so. Um, so remember Christine and Janelle talked last week? Remember that happened? That was a thing. In July, right? Well, it was... July last week when they talked. Timeline shuffle, timeline loosey-goosey. It was a weird way to kick things off. They were really slim on footage. They did not have a lot to go with. This was just Christine talking about, hey, remember me and Janelle talked at the rental. They didn't even have they any didn't footage recap, of a donkey. They didn't recap anything from the conversation. Really, It's just, man, the relationship between Janelle's kids and Cody is real bad. Okay, we knew that. Thank you. Going into this. And now we're getting another disjointed topic to jump right into because Isabel is home for a little while from North Carolina where she was sent to live with Caleb and McKelty has a surprise for her and her alone. Yeah, I guess Isabel's the only person in the family who doesn't know that McKelty is pregnant, allegedly. Not just the family, the only person in the universe who doesn't know that McKelty's pregnant. At this point? Yeah, maybe she doesn't have an Instagram. Is that the problem? <laughs> she has not been subscribing to Tony and McKelty's Patreon. <laughs> She's not hip to this jive. This was a lot of fake reactions. A lot of, oh, wow. Well, McKelty literally just yelled, so I'm pregnant. It wasn't what? addressed very formally. No, because she cannot act. But I will give it to her, though. At least she sped through it so we didn't have to watch another three minutes of it. 
Rip that band-aid off. So that was good. They can't flash back to this footage that's going in the bin. No, you needed your closed captioning on to even understand what she said. Caught it. Yeah. It, it happened so fast. Flew right by. So a lot of fake reactions, but then it leads to real reactions because McKelty is then showing Christine the sonogram photos, which that's when it's discovered there are twins in there. She's got twins going on. That's exciting, I guess, except for Avalon. I don't know if she knew this information, but she refuses to stop double fisting bagels while everyone else is hugging each other and screaming about twins. She's a girl after our own heart. (laughs) And wondering how this happened. Well, I don't understand how we couldn't get a JPEG, a digital version of the sonogram. We just had to hold up the printed picture of the sonogram in front of the camera and then freeze frame and zoom in on that. And it was just a blurry mess. Isn't that what they really look like, though? Does it get much clearer? It doesn't. They're just kind of a blurry mess. But if you know that this is going to be televised, maybe can we log in somewhere and grab the original file? They don't have that type of commitment to making a television show. So we're just phoning it in. We're eating for three now. It's a good time. (laughs) That's my norm. That's, yeah, that's my baseline. (laughs) But Tony is struggling. When is he not struggling? (laughs) Tony's struggling with coming to terms on the fact that they are having twins. He was not a fan. It did not make sense. He was a little suspicious. But wasn't this predicted? Not from a Kelty, but this is what you get when you wish twins upon your siblings. That's what happened. Yeah, when Maddie announced her pregnancy, McKelty was very vocal about how she hoped that Maddie would have twins for her. Be careful what you wish for. That's how it happened. Witchcraft. That's it. You just, it's steered right back around to you. And Tony's just got that thousand yard stare. He's disassociating. Christine said he hasn't looked her in the eye for the past four days. It's a little bit of confusion, a little bit of shame. But that's what it is, right? It's a little shame. For what? Hitting her with both barrels? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Everyone knows what happened. Oh, dear. Yeah, Cody's confused too. Twins don't run in their family, so it must be Tony's side of the family. No, Tony confirmed it wasn't his side of the family. So where did these twins come from? It was witchcraft. That was what it was. That's your answer. It's because they celebrated Easter. Pagan holidays. That's where twins come from. Anything else on McKelty's unexciting pregnancy? Absolutely not. So let's shift over to the Mayor B&B for some heavy sighs. (laughs) She decided... To share something that they didn't film. Which is always great. I feel like the simplest way to kind of share what's going on in your life is to have the film crew that normally follows you around just film stuff of what's going on in your life. But instead, Mary is not having the film crew come along for this supposed anniversary dinner date that she has with Cody. She's just going to self-film in the B&B and tell us all about it afterwards to be fair they didn't really have solid plans before they ended up going out oh no they did not no i don't think cody was even aware that it was their anniversary her anniversary her our our anniversary whatever (laughs) so he didn't call her and she only made it halfway through the day before she gave up and was like i'm just gonna call him 
Yeah, she's looking for another murder tarp date. <laughs> she had such a great experience on the last one. She's like, man, I really want to relive that, capture that energy again. Girl, that is desperation. You go the whole day and then you get mad. Well, there's no point in getting mad. She's not allowed to get mad. If she gets mad at Cody, then it's over. He's done with her. It's true. You might as well just suck it up and call him and confirm the fact that he didn't even know it was your anniversary. So what's the best way to ruin his day instead is to then call him midway through the day and try to plan something spontaneous for that evening. But it turns out Cody's a little busy. He's babysitting Robin's kids. Yeah, he's not used to getting ambushed like this by Mary, especially. So when this call comes out of the blue, he needs some time to think of an excuse of why he's going to tell her no. That's what it comes down to. So he's going to say, oh, I got to check in with Robin. He really didn't know it was their anniversary because he could have just not answered the phone. And that would have been the easiest excuse to not have to spend any time with her. I'm shocked that he did pick up the phone because, you know, he saw Mary and he was like, ugh. But that's where I'm saying he must have really not connected the dots that it was their anniversary at all. He thought it was like a random business-related phone call. Sign some paperwork, a paperwork shuffle. Thank God, maybe she's finally calling for help to pack all her stuff up to move it to the B&B. Like we know, she's been telling me she's going to do for months. But he's got to check with mom first. He's not sure if he's free tonight. He might have to watch the kids. So Robin has to convince Cody that he needs to be taking Mary out for their anniversary today, tonight. So he then calls Mary back and says, okay, yeah, let's go out to dinner. Not at the nicest restaurant in all of Arizona. Well, it's very difficult to get reservations there. So on such short notice, there were no reservations available, obviously. So while out at this very romantic restaurant, Can I call out the fact that we had to cut to flashback footage of Cody getting into a car when they were describing that they were going to go out to eat later, but obviously they didn't have footage of any of that. So this was kind of like a true crime documentary reenactment portion of the show (laughs) where Cody is hopping in his truck in a driveway and that's the only footage that we had. So throw some sepia tone on that and put it in the final cut. Perfect. Do you think that they drove through an Arby's? (laughs) I don't think I've ever heard that sort of described in that way. (laughs) Not literally. For a minute there, I had a Leon flashback to almost driving through the house in the cul-de-sac. Oh, right. Do we think they went through the drive-thru? That was it. They grabbed a quick bite. They ordered on the app so then they could pick it up quicker. Less time in the car. Cody's like, text me your order. I'll put it in on the app. Because he has to get the rewards points, obviously. And he's using a coupon. Because he looks to save money where he can, so he can invest it in other places. And all of the... The horse rings. Horse, the top-line jewelry and artwork that is on full display at the Shira Chateau. So while they're out at this dinner, he brings up people faking relationships. You know, like us, here, faking. Like, does he think that Mary hired paparazzi to come take pictures of them to plant on Reddit so that people would see them out in public together and think that they actually still have a relationship? Because otherwise, who who are you faking it for? You didn't even film this. They're faking it for each other. Cody's faking it for Mary right now. Cody hasn't been faking it for Mary in a long time. <laughs> Mary's always faking it for Cody. 
So she's like, I don't know what you're talking about here because I'm real. Eh, it, eh, I don't know. I think it just took a long time for Cody to finally clue in Mary to the fact that, hey, by the way, we're not actually married. You know that, right? <laughs> and this is news to her, which I would have to say is kind of bullshit. I think she knew. Okay, so then that plays into the theory that Mary and Cody have been pretending that there's some potential to reconcile their relationship for years now just to keep the show going. I almost feel like this anniversary conversation happened, but not on this anniversary. It happened like the first anniversary when they moved to Flagstaff. So I thought that too, until I digged through her Instagram. And I found a post from about a month later in May 2022. It's a very long, rambling empowerment statement by Mary Brown. Like she tends to do. But part of it struck me because I felt like it was a direct response to what he said at this dinner. Because not only does he tell her, like, look, we don't have a relationship. You know that, right? He then tells her that he doesn't want his life to intersect with hers. He has no interest in that. I think he said he didn't want to insert himself into her life, which I don't think there was any insertion of anything (laughs) going any direction. You're right. He was a lot more direct about that. I read, quote, from Mary's Instagram. I am attracting who wants to be on my life path with me. I am welcoming friends and cheerleaders and mentors and all the amazing people who vibe with me and want to do life with me. It just feels a little too on the nose, which made me think that maybe this actually did happen. I feel like maybe it happened a while ago, and then this was just the first time that she was then speaking out about it. Definitely after seeing that tell-all footage. So that's what I think actually happened. I feel like they had this conversation on their anniversary April 2022. She let it fester and she made that Instagram post. And then I think she kept things quiet, like he asked, which we'll get to in a little bit. But after she saw the things he said at the tell all about her, that she was like, oh, fuck no, I have a right to tell my side of the story. And she went back to the B&B and recorded this little thing. So this could be a little further down the road, but it's just being dropped in here and they just so happened to conveniently not have any footage of that actual conversation that took place. It does make you wonder, though, like, how dense is this woman if this was what was needed to wake her up to the fact that they don't have a relationship, they're not married? Because we have all been seeing that play out for years. Well, Cody's trying to explain this away that therapy didn't help them. Obviously, Nancy couldn't save this. So Cody just gave up. And I think it was on their, what, 25th wedding anniversary. That wasn't so great because Mary wanted a break. It was during the catfish dark times. Why don't they say catfish anymore? Uh, We've already heard that enough. I'm just glad in a clip show, we didn't get any footage from catfish. So that was nice. That's what I'm saying. We went back in time and watched almost every important, important, moment that ever played out in the show, but we didn't have a catfish scene? No, but this was Cody's excuse. That's what he's sticking to, is that Mary kicked him out when she said, hey, maybe take me out of rotation for a minute because 
I'm really stressed out and I'm kind of overwhelmed and don't feel safe to continue doing this, working on our relationship in this way. So she did ask him to stop coming over for a certain period of time, but that wasn't her moving all of his stuff out the way that Christine and Janelle did. I did like that she called that out. (laughs) I didn't put his shit at the curb. I didn't put it in boxes in my garage. It's not moving him out. It's not kicking him out. It's not saying, I never want you to come back again. It was just, hey, can we pause this so I can take a little breather here and spend some time on my own to sort through my own issues? That was perceived to Cody, at least how he's rewriting history now, as the defining moment where their relationship completely ended for him. On her terms. On her command. Mm-hmm. Not him. Don't blame him. It was all Mary. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We're going to take a brief pause from the B&B and we're going to head back to Christine's house for a conversation that we all are tired of listening to about Home, births, midwives, and how polygamists don't like hospitals. It's more flashback footage. It's every single birth scene that we've ever experienced on this show. It's terrible. But we had one good piece of news. The midwife told McKelty, I don't do twins. We're not going to be doing that here. So you're going to have to have a doctor deliver them. And Tony's all on board for that because he didn't even like the home birth last time anyway. It was too scary. It was too intense. So we're going to call the best in the biz, obviously. We're going to call Dr. Bean. (laughs) Not to be confused with Mr. Bean. Who apparently is fluent in Swedish. Okay, that's good to know. So I hope that Tony and McKelty are on Duolingo and learn a little Swedish before they go in there, especially if we have to watch it. How much fun would that be? I think McKelty's just going to be speaking mostly in guttural noises, <laughs> which is that's what we got in most of the flashback footage. Like she was trying out for a metal band. <laughs> hey, maybe she has a future in it. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm saying it's got potential. But Dr. Bean, this guy, PhD Bean, is the guy who delivered Truly. So that was Christine's doctor for when Truly was born. 12 years ago. See, he's got another 12 years of practice at this. So he could probably catch those twins popping out of there, right? I hope so. As long as the third one doesn't show up, I think we'll be okay. But the hospital, not so sure about it. Even the kids who grew up 
in this family and really didn't have to fear going to the hospital, they still have that polygamous stigma that something bad's going to happen if they go there. Hospitals, vaccines, all kinds of stuff. They might take your dad away. Ironically, that's the thing that just happened naturally on its own through the course <laughs> of the family. That wasn't the government interceding in any way. So do we have to fear the hospital? I'd say go for it on the hospital. And that's what Janelle says, too. She doesn't have these same fears. She wasn't raised in the closed plague cultures where this is such a taboo thing to go to the hospital and write the man's name on the birth certificate as the father. Sperm donor category. I wish there was a box for that. They do a really poor job of segueing Christine into talking about Robin out of nowhere. Well, I loved this part because this is very clearly Christine worrying about this interaction because she knows McKelty is close with Robin. Robin was involved in Avalon's birth, albeit by Skype. She was not there in person. She's a big fan of Zoom. She loves it. Yeah. To be fair, if she watched a birth on Zoom, why couldn't they open Christmas presents? I think that's Robin's case. Yeah, that's her stance. She experienced these things via Zoom. What's another Christmas? I think Christine's just realizing, oh, no, I am going to have to interact with Robin at some point in the future. It's probably going to be at this birth at the hospital. Of course it is, because Cody and Robin are going to be there right away because they have to lay claim to these twins. They have to imprint on them as one of the first people that they see. So she's already starting to mentally prepare herself. She's got nine months to go. She's already trying to convince herself this is going to be great. It's going to be a really good thing because Robin loves McKelty. McKelty loves Robin. Everybody loves McKelty. Everybody is going to get along great. It's going to be great. And she has to keep telling herself that for the next nine months. We are allowed to see inside of the she Chateau again this episode. Yes, we have Isabel and Truly who are visiting the Chateau for Truly's birthday, which seemed like much less of an ordeal than Ari's birthday that we saw during quarantine there. The super spreader event. The super spreader birthday extravaganza. Did you see the happy birthday banner that, I mean, I can't believe they found a place to hang it with all the stuff on the walls. I thought it was going to be uh, Dwight's birthday banner from the office. It is your birthday. <laughs> Not happy birthday. No celebratory. Just very factual. I did notice it looked like a lot of things that were hodgepodge together rather than Ari's very well-coordinated unicorn party. There was a theme. I didn't see much of a theme at all here. But Cody's burning chicken on the grill, so it's just like old times. <laughs> Why didn't we get a flashback to him burning the steaks? Yeah, when he was igniting the grill and almost burning the house down. That was before the kidney failure event, wasn't it? That was that trip. It was the same weekend. Yes, because that was when he grilled one night to feed everyone for the entire week. I mean, to be <laughs> to be fair, he was going to be in the hospital. He didn't know that. <laughs> he was going to have to put somebody in the hospital first. <laughs> and he was trying. Robin is really happy to celebrate Truly's birthday, though, because of the fact that she is the only OG kid who doesn't have any memories pre-Robin. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Again, Robin was able to imprint on her pretty young. I don't think it worked on Truly. I don't think so either. But I don't think Robin's going to be hosting too many more birthdays based on how she reacted to Truly turning 12. I don't think she trusts teenage birthdays, especially 
for Truly, who's probably going to start getting witchy powers <laughs> in her teenage formative years. It does happen on the 13th birthday. Yeah, so I think Robin's done after this one. None of Robin's kids have actually reached the mature age of 13 yet. Right, they're all stunted. They're around 9 to 12. We haven't gotten there yet. Truly, it'll be the first one. Isabel is here as well, but I can only assume that she is here in some supervisor-type capacity because she doesn't look like she's having a good time. I wouldn't be. It was very quiet. It was very awkward. It was just interrupted by the, just some veiled awkward silences broken by the occasional cough that was being heaved around by Robin's kids. And it's grossing me out a little bit. I was going to need some hand sanitizer, maybe some fresh air. (laughs) Can we mask up at this thing too? You got to know, did Christine's house really have COVID yet? It's Robin's house has had it. Maybe twice. So if I was Isabel, I'd be sweating bullets in here. (laughs) She's standing on the opposite side of the island from Brianna. They both have their arms crossed. They will not look at each other. It was very uncomfortable. And it makes me want to see the Christmas exchange texts even more. It's where Cody has to give us his two cents, where he's worried about the undertones, about, you know, not trusting his daughters. He doesn't trust them. He doesn't know if he can say things around them. Meanwhile, Isabel is just completely uncomfortable the whole time. And do you think maybe it had something to do with some of the relationship strain from COVID and that major surgery that you kind of bailed on her on? It's like he forgot that that ever happened. It didn't. He wasn't there for it. So it didn't happen. I could not believe when he said there's a strain that then he turned it into how he can't trust his kids versus there's a strain and my kids feel uncomfortable. It's I feel uncomfortable. Yeah, he doesn't trust them. But Isabel has to clarify, oh, don't worry. Our relationship has never been great. It's been very rocky forever, as long as I can remember. This is par for the course. So she's not too worried about it. But you could tell she's not having a great time. So this is where we get hit with a bunch of flashbacks because then Cody starts going down memory lane of how this could have been proved, how he could have avoided all of this weird animosity between him and most of his children. Maybe if we had built Biggie Housey. (laughs) Remember? I'm sure that would have been the answer. If we were all under one roof, that would have solved all of our problems. Probably. First of all, that house still wouldn't be built. No. With the cost of materials and how that spiked during COVID, forget it. That would be the time they would have chosen to build, though, when lumber was most expensive. Oh, yeah, that fits. I don't think being under one roof, if anything, it just would have accelerated us to where we are now, where everybody can't stand each other. But then he's also questioning, but what if we had all lived separately from the beginning and the kids were raised more like cousins than siblings, like Robin's family? Oh, that would have been nice. So then we have to flash back to the family counseling that we went through and also the commitment ceremony. Remember? We even wrote a family mission statement. (laughs) We remember it took a whole season. It took an entire season. They worked so hard on that. But I love how this is all centered around Cody's identity crisis. This is him trying to figure out what his life is like because they basically ripped their family mission statement to shreds and threw that out the window. I think Christine literally ripped it to shreds. Where's Christine's copy of the family mission statement? I would love to see, yeah, her big picture of it. 
<laughs> she took that thing back to Kinko's. <laughs> it's in an incinerator somewhere. It's a fire in a barrel. Another issue that they have is they have no faith community to connect to. No church in Flagstaff. Flashback to the purity talk? Okay, that's where I felt like the producers, the editors, are you in on the joke? Do you know that the flashbacks are funny at this point? I mean, I get it was a Sunday service, but they were complaining about how they didn't have a religious community in Vegas. So why are we going to flashback to Vegas? I guess because that's the last time they pretended that they had any type of religious gatherings as a family. Yeah, they used to do Sunday service, but now they're just Chick-fil-A closed on Sunday. They had other scenes from having service together that could have not been Robin's purity talk, but that's what they went with because they know that's an oldie but a goodie. It's an audience favorite. The producers were like, hey, if you guys need any other reasons to hate Robin, here's a good reminder. (laughs) Go check this one out if you haven't seen it already. And now Cody can't even join the mainstream LDS church because of these bitches he married. He's an outsider. He's a loner, a rebel. You don't want to get mixed up with a guy like him. (laughs) So they tricked him into marrying them or literally forced him against his will to marry them. And now he's not going to be able to join the church again. So it was about this point in the episode when I realized, oh, this is definitely a clip show. It's not just flashback heavy. This is essentially what we're doing. There is no other footage. It's all flashbacks because we're showing Maddie's wedding where Cody officiated. They didn't show the... uh, The best part. Yeah, they didn't show the Clint Eastwood lines. Or the many notebooks that he carried around. Or when he forgot to actually have them... Exchange the ring. Exchange rings. Kind of a big part of the marriage ceremony, probably. There was a lot that they could have chosen for that. So I was a little disappointed, but... Which one would you have picked? I would have done the rings, that he forgot the rings. I think I would have gone with the Clint Eastwood quote at the beginning, because it made everyone uncomfortable. Well, I think this just leads very well into... I think either one of those clips would have tied in better to the next piece that we're talking about, which is, yeah, if we're showing footage from Maddie's wedding... Have you talked to Maddie recently, Cody? Turns out Maddie is icing him out. It's been a while. Wow. So the golden child is no longer. This explains how McKelty and Tony moved up the ladder to become Cody and Robin's favorite. And I'm reaping all the benefits. (laughs) But yeah, this was during the breakup with Christine. Maybe it might have been some COVID stuff, but (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's Christine's fault. The fact that he goes straight to it was right in the middle of the divorce with Christine. That is not why she stopped talking to you. If you asked her, if you got a hold of her, because he said Maddie stopped reaching out to him. Have you ever reached out to her then? Is that always just on the responsibility of your children to call you? Okay, here's a theory. Maddie and Christine and Janelle all started selling Plexus together around this time. And they're spending a lot of time traveling together. He is probably shitty that Maddie is part of this group. So he can't trust her. So he's not going out of his way to contact her. Of course not. She's too close to the enemy. So I love how Janelle just outright confirms. No, it's because Cody's acting like a dick. And that's why Maddie hasn't called him. That's the reason. Pretty simple. She doesn't know this man. And she doesn't know how to interact with the person that he's become. So she stopped calling. I did really respect 
one of the things that Chanel said, which is that Maddie's trying to protect her children from this situation. Well, because McKelty and Tony are ready to give them up. Man, they're pushing those kids over like sacrificial lambs. They're like, have at it, you cuckoo bird. It's so nice to have this time together, though, because Robin's kids have really missed their siblings. Yeah, because it's all about what Robin's kids have lacked in this entire storyline. That's all that matters. I was impressed that Truly was able to blow out all of her candles in one go, but I think it was a little insulting that she was rubbing her healthy lungs in all of Robin's children's faces, you know, given their history of RSV and COVID in that household. Did Ari put her finger in the cake? I believe there was penetration on the cake. It was a problem. Janelle is also busy this episode doing what she does best, running her grow operation. Yeah, and she's putting it at Garrison's house, so then he gets charged for it, for possession and intent to distribute, but she doesn't have anything in her name over there, so that's good. Smart, but she's also got no assets, so she's really got nothing to lose. Yeah, that's true, but they won't be coming for her. They're going to be knocking on Garrison's door. Well, but she also obviously doesn't have room for a full garden in student housing. Yeah, they don't even let her have candles, let alone a garden. I thought this was adorable, though, that her kids built her somewhere to do this gardening in the backyard. Tomato and basil and zucchini. Got a lot of zucchini. But it's been about a month since Janelle's birthday date. Do we want to call it a date? What are we calling this? Her birthday exposure to Cody? (laughs) I don't know. She had nothing else to do. She didn't have better plans. Her friend hangout. She didn't know how to describe it either. Not a date. It was a casual hangout with a common acquaintance so what would that put us at end of june this timeline is all messed up but don't think about it too hard janelle isn't expecting cody to be involved in any sort of reconciliation she knows that if he wanted to get her back he would have made some sort of an effort probably by now yeah he was all about calling pat to work out co-parenting with christine that hasn't happened Janelle told him that they would have to get into some form of counseling to save their relationship. That hasn't happened. I'm pretty sure Cody can't make outgoing calls on his phone. You think Robin blocked it? Yeah, I think he has one of those children's phones where there's like five phone numbers that are programmed into it. Yeah, 911 being right at the top and that's it. And then Robin's cell phone. That's pretty much, that's it. Yeah, the nanny. Well, she's number three. Okay. (laughs) So there's no change in the status of their relationship at this point. No, and it hasn't gotten worse because, well, can it get worse at this point? I guess it could because at least they're still friendly. They're amicable when they need to be. But that's not often. Which is good. They haven't seen each other. That's good then. Yeah, I think I would mark that as a positive thing. And nothing's changed between Cody and her kids either. They are just ignoring him at this point. And that seems to be working out pretty well. Again, the less exposure you have to Cody in your life, the happier you will be. That is the lesson that we've learned. That's the mathematical equation of sister wives. We get another flashback, and it's to the dining room table talk with Garrison just a couple episodes ago. I love a flashback that is from within the season. Well, we had flashbacks, repeated flashbacks within this episode. I think we saw the truly birth clip two times. (laughs) 
So that was a flashback from a previous season, but it was the same clip in the same clip show episode. Man, I really hope they have more content because how much more of this show can there be this season? I think we're going to get to the Mary departure and the Robin meltdown. That's what we're living for at this point. But we do get a couple other tidbits that are just kind of casually mentioned in passing. Absolutely no other detail provided, which why didn't we dive deeper into why Gwen is not moving in with Gabe and Garrison? I think that might have been interesting, but it's probably for the best. It's just going to be Gabe and Garrison. Gabe is Janelle's unofficial gardener, which we go into great detail with that. Obviously, he's got the hydroponics. He's got the UV lamps. He was already halfway there. He's been involved in a grow up or two along the way. (laughs) He's been training for this. He's ready. But what he wasn't ready for was that when you graduate from high school, you sign an unknowing contract with Cody that he no longer gives a shit about you as his child. Didn't know that was something that we were agreeing to. And you have to keep the relationship good because if it's not on good terms, that's it. He's kicking you out. Yeah. If you don't agree with Cody on everything and you're over the age of 18, you need to go get your own place. So then I guess that explains why Robin's kids are still allowed to live in his home. Yeah, because they just blindly agree with everything that he says. Sure. Yeah, so that's how you get to stay. It's a pretty sweet deal. It's a pretty nice house to stay in. I was going to say, is it a sweet deal? Because I feel like uh, feel like they're trapped at this point. On the surface, it's a pretty good idea. But I would say that they are definitely stunted when it comes to this stuff. I feel like Gabe and Garrison are definitely in a better spot when it comes to adulting. They've been given more of an opportunity to kind of become independent because they've been forced to be independent, much like Janelle had to be independent. But is that good or is that bad? Maybe a little of both? It's bittersweet. Maybe it would have been nice if there wasn't so much trauma associated with it. Yeah, I think that's the hard part is that there's so much other baggage that comes along with it, too. But if there is no investment from Cody's side, then there's not going to be a relationship. I guess you could say Cody reaps what he sows. If we want to put it into gardening terms, keep that theme going. All right. They're going to have you start writing the episode descriptions. Oh, God. I hope not. This is only the beginning for Janelle, though, because little to Gabe and Garrison know, her dream is still to run a small-scale grow operation on Coyote Pass. She didn't say what it was, but just plants, because she is a green witch, and that's where her powers are attuned. This is a very witchy episode. You can tell we're recording it before Halloween. It's right around Halloween here. Fits right in. But she's getting worried if they're even going to be able to pay off the land to have the ability to put anything on it. No, because she sees them buying these paintings and these horse rings. And Cody's just so annoyed that Janelle keeps asking nonstop about paying off the land. But he doesn't see her helping out. She's not writing any checks. Is she? I feel like she's probably contributing more to paying it down than Cody and Robin have. Isn't she one of the top sellers at Plexus? I feel like that's a good place to start. Not that I'm condoning the way she makes money, but she's making more money than Robin, that's for sure. That is for sure. And I feel like this is where Cody has to realize, oh man, this is why he's going to miss Mary so much. She was the cash cow. Cold hard cash. Man. Back in Salt Lake City... We saw Truly's birthday at Robin and Cody's house, but now she is getting to try out her birthday gift from Christine, which is none other than a bike. Yeah, and there's still some trauma there as well because there was a disastrous 
first attempt to learn how to ride a bike because remember Cody tried, he tried to teach again. These are loose terms (laughs) that we're trying and teaching, tried to teach her at one point, but it just ended up with him bullying her and yelling in her face, which I don't think that I, I don't know much about parenting. I'll be the first one to admit it. I don't think that's the way to go about this. This was the my body, my choice bike ride, right? And there's no crying in baseball, even though we're not playing baseball, we're trying to ride a bike. So we are here to try to make that wrong right by gathering everyone at Christine's house to come gawk at Truly as she gets on this bike. So we've got Isabel, we got Mitch, we got Aspen, we got Peyton, which you might as well have invited Cody. At that point, it's kind of same diff. And this is where Truly has to let us know, man, I wish that I had just learned how to ride a bike when I was five. And it's like, yeah, that's the time to do it. But you missed that window. So 12 it is. She is setting realistic expectations for herself. She's expecting this isn't going to be a one and done situation. It's probably going to take five, maybe more than five days to learn how to ride a bike. But don't worry. We have a great support system here. Everybody is here to bark their own individual experiences at you and try to tell you 15 different ways of how to approach riding this bike. And Christine is really excited to show us how different she is from Cody, that she is not here forcing Truly to ride the bike today like he did. She's just here backing her up and doing something that she wants to do. You didn't have to drill it in so hard because we got to watch the flashback. A couple of folks in the Discord were pointing out, this seems like kind of a Christine requested sort of scene that we're experiencing here. She obviously knew that Cody's bike teaching experience with Truly was absolutely terrible. So let's have a good one and really show him up. Yeah, that's what I feel like this is. It's Let's draw the comparison of my parenting versus Cody's parenting while also demonstrating how important it is that she has this community of family members around her here to encourage her. That's the reason we moved. So thankfully, Mitch is here. He's the only voice of reason in this entire experience today because Truly's made it abundantly clear we're not letting go today. That's for another day. Not today. So whoever's going to be walking behind me will be keeping the hands on the bike. They never got to that point, did they? They, Nobody let go of the bike. But did anyone hold the bike? It was a lot of truly just tiptoeing. Payton was holding the bike initially. I think he was trying to take the lead, but truly wasn't really feeling it. Probably felt a little bit too much like her experience with Cody. A little too similar. Yeah, it just hit a little close to home. So now Mitch is showing her. She's still a little freaked out with just the little moves. She's teetering back and forth. There's no training wheels on the bike, which I feel like that's usually where you start. Can you put training wheels on a bike that big? Oh, yeah. You can get adjustable ones. So do it. So do that to start. And then guess what else you can do? You can take one of the training wheels off and then you kind of get used to balancing if you do go the other side so if you take like the right side off are you an expert i'm just saying like this is that's what the training wheels are there for is you raise them up higher and higher so then that way you can kind of you wobble but you don't really realize that you're riding yourself you wean well well (laughs) 
Uh, You're balancing okay. yourself. Yeah, that's something else that happens at Christine's <laughs> house, but that's unrelated. <laughs> oh, yeah, you wean yourself off the training wheels. That's kind of the design and how that's supposed to go. So I don't know why we're jumping right into just here's your two-wheel bicycle, goodbye and good luck. But Mitch is starting her off slow. We're not even going to pedal. Pedaling is complicated. Let's just get used to being on the bike and moving with the bike. Let's walk with the bike. The peanut gallery is still going nuts. Everybody's still trying to yell out all their advice. And Mitch says the most succinct thing I've ever heard on this show, which is truly needs less voices right now. She just needs to do it, which I think was fantastic. I loved that about Mitch, and I'm excited to get into more about knowing him deeper in season 13, which we will review when the rewatch starts back up after this season. I just realized that Phoebe on Friends had training wheels on an adult-sized bike, so I guess it is possible. Yeah, and this isn't even an adult bike. No, it's a kid's bike. Yeah, it's a kid's bike. Made for that. The walking is enough for her today. I think that's good, yeah. She's still afraid of falling. That's the biggest thing for her as a 12-year-old kid because, yeah, if you were five, you wouldn't be thinking about falling. You would just fall over. It would happen, and you'd be like, oh, I guess I fell. That, that's something that happened. You don't anticipate danger as much. No, yeah, and you're good. And your bones are made of rubber, basically, so you bounce right back. I was half expecting Christine to just go over and push Truly off the bike. Just let it happen. Just if you're afraid of falling, here, you fell one time. You're fine. Look at that. I guarantee she would break her arm and have to go to the hospital. Yep, that's exactly what would happen. And so you can't do that. That's a risk you take. Yeah, forget it. If Cody found out that she pushed Truly off the bike, that would be the end of it. There goes your 50-50 custody. It's now 100% at Chi Chateau. <laughs> I don't think that this bike made it out of the garage again. Yeah, that five-day window, I think, is, we're closing in. I hope we kept the receipt. It's not looking good. Mary is still at the B&B telling the story about her anniversary. Yeah, when she was coming to terms with Cody's rejection. And honestly, at this point, I thought they were going to flash back to her earlier this episode telling us the story again, but they didn't do that. Thankfully, I'm sure they thought about it, but they decided against it. She feels really betrayed because Cody spent years convincing her that they'd be together forever, that he loved her and he always will. But now he's breaking all of these promises that he made to her. Well, look, Mary used to be a little neurotic. She used to have these doubts, these fears. And Cody was always very good at reassuring her that, no, there's commitment here between you and me. They should have asked him about that. I feel like he would have denied it. I want to get his take because he tells Mary that he never even loved her, that he was just saying all that stuff because he was trying to affirm it to himself. Maybe if I say it enough, I'll actually feel it. And to calm her down. That's the other main takeaway here is just keep Mary at a sane level. And this is all really inconvenient because, as we know, their wedding vows are an eternal covenant. And now Mary has to decide, not only is she going to stick around with this guy who doesn't want anything to do with her now, He's not going to want anything to do with her throughout eternity. And I would give everything I own. They didn't flash back to that, right? What was that? Oh, that was the song that Cody sang to Mary on their wedding day. Oh, did he have a guitar? 
No, he didn't go full Ken. Oh, should we talk about the wedding fashions? There was a backing track. Oh, yeah, it was the white. The white, white on white. White on white. Well, it is Cody's day. It's his day. So I think he deserved to wear white, didn't he? This was the most, in my opinion, shocking part of the whole reveal was Mary starts using some kind of like fluffy language to explain it. But it sounds like she asked Cody if they were going to film about the end of their relationship and therefore ultimately make it public. I think this was where I got the suspicion that this conversation had to have happened a long time ago because they haven't really filmed much together at all since she's been in Flagstaff. I mean, granted, COVID is in there. That's in the mix, too. But that was where I started thinking back. And I was like, man, they really did not have any dynamic between them. Was it the murder tarp date where they actually had this conversation the first time? Do you like corn? You like corn? (laughs) That was it. That is about as heated as it gets now. (laughs) Well, the big thing is he told her, no, let's not make it public. Maybe too much judgment over it, which... I kind of do wonder, again, I seem to have a different opinion than you on this, that this did actually happen on their anniversary in 2022 because he got ripped to shreds with Christine leaving. He knows Janelle's almost out. He can't have a third one leave him, right? Plus, he needs Mary to play along so that Robin's happy. Well, and Mary needs to play along because... She wants to keep Robin happy, too, because she still wants a relationship with Robin's kids. And she's going to try to maintain that as much as Robin and Cody will allow her to. So she has to play by their rules. I just have a feeling because when we think back to when Christine said she was leaving, one of the first things Cody asked her was, you're still going to do the show, right? So I feel like he's assuming at this point there's no sister wives left. If there's no Mary and Robin, then what is this show moving forward? So can you just play along, Mary, like we have been? Because this is my retirement plan. I got nothing left. I really believe that this happened when she said it did. I think she kept her mouth shut for a couple of months and they continued to film. And then she saw what he said at the tell-all about how she could just move on and marry another person. And I think she got pissed that he told her, don't say a word to anyone about it. Let's not make it public. But then he did on his terms. So she decided, fuck this. I'm going to go film something and tell everyone what he said. Mary's pushing back. It's her story too. And she's going to go tell it like it is. I'm just saying, I think she can be vindictive. She can be the Terminator now. (laughs) Self-described Terminator. But now she's got a choice. Either keep doing what she's been doing, living this awesome life, kicking ass, selling MLM shit, and selling out the B&B every night and have no husband, or she can choose to leave. But her morals, they're not really into that. So this means that Mary has to make a decision. So that could easily take another 10 years to land on one side or the other for that. In typical Mary fashion, she tells us she doesn't know what to do. And that is where we leave her this episode. Next episode, Christine throws a 1950s-themed party for her 50th birthday and admits she's dating again. Cody checks out Janelle's new apartment but realizes she's planning a future without him. Mary worries about big changes in her life with both the B&B and Cody. 
Yeah, she's still figuring out that she's getting divorced. She is divorced. She's been divorced. But that's still news to her. I loved Cody's judgy face at Janelle and Savannah's new apartment. Because, Why was he judgy? It's a nice apartment. Well, he was bitter because, well, there's no room for him here. Well, now he's jealous. Yeah, and now it's a nice apartment. So he's like, well, I could have stayed at the nice apartment. I want to live in this one. I didn't want to live in the RV. I didn't want to live in student housing, but I want to live here. This one's nice. I like this one. Can I? Can you invite me over? It's got granite countertops. It's got a pool. I want to live here. There's probably a weight room. <laughs> the she Chateau doesn't have a pool. At least not yet. Probably got some wrestling mats laying around somewhere down in the gym area. And he really had the time of his life. Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to chat with us about the episode on our Discord channel by joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash surviving pod. Stay tuned. Share with friends. See you next week. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.